Any parent, teacher, auntie, uncle, grandma, even babysitter, knows that singular and ultimate fear. It's enough to make your palms sweat, your knees knock, your heart to jump into your throat. It's to get stuck in the event horizon of a child's ultimate loop. Why did the word hydro exist? How do you make cement? Why do bugs bite? How did God create puppies? Why do we have to brush our teeth? Why do you need a president? Dad. How do you make a bagel? How did God make socks? Hmm. How do scenes grow? What did cats come from? Who made a house? Who was Martin Luther King Jr.? Is this a dream? Why are black holes in space? Why? Why do we... What? Why, Daddy? How? Some people, let's be honest, we get a little annoyed. After the 17th why, it starts to seem like the question doesn't even really matter. But on my better days, I'm not annoyed. In fact, I totally identify with it. Because my job's not all that different. As a scholarly type person, I'm in the business of big questions. Questions of why and how and whether. About the things that get us out of bed in the morning and keep us up at night. My name's Evan Rosa, and you're listening to The Table Audio, a podcast that explores Christian wisdom for life's biggest questions. Wisdom isn't more important today than it was long ago, but it's as important, and our constantly changing cultural contexts will always leave us wondering how to find that wisdom, given daily, dire, and sometimes really strange circumstances. So our goal here is to keep you connected to ideas and sources of wisdom that will help you live life deftly, with beauty, with humility, and loving encounter. Every week we'll post a short podcast, let's say in the 5 to 20 minute range, something manageable for your commute while you vacuum or prep dinner, or maybe we could revive that cool antique family practice of, you know, gathering around a classic large radio before bedtime for some tasty sonic treats. Don't have a giant radio in your living room. Get your head in the game. We'll feature conversations with scholars, pastors, and public intellectuals. Stories and interludes from film, music, literature, and real life that embody and highlight beautiful and fascinating stories related to our biggest questions. Each episode, we'll be looking to culturally long-standing ideas and practices that speak to the livability of Christian thought and wisdom today, utilizing and enjoying ideas that have spanned the centuries. And my job will be to bring together wise voices and learn with you about topics like the meaning of love in today's political context, how to be humble, what it means to be human in modern technological society, how to live through and respond to deep personal suffering, and so much more. When I find myself in proximity to someone bearing wisdom, I'll be honest, my first inclination leans toward pride, to speak up and show them I'm worth talking to, to try and reveal my own aptitude and intelligence, to keep them in the conversation and make them think that I'm wise. But my second inclination leans toward denigration, to keep quiet, simply run away, afraid that I'll be found out the fool. 
ashamed of my own apparent lack of wisdom. It's only when I work through to get to my third inclination that I seem to get it right. The humble readiness to ask why, embrace my limitations, get over myself, and patiently explore with them. Just try and gain whatever insight I can and to keep them talking. There's a rich and unique feeling of standing transparent and teachable before a wise and gracious person, allowing them to know you enough to guide you. And that's what I'm on the lookout for. When I say why, the question why is not a why of criticism, cynicism, or skepticism. It's the why of joyful wonder. The why for its own sake. The why of wisdom is a confident and patient, loving invitation, not a command to be swept up into the loveliest of our thoughts, or maybe to resist the damage and decay of our dark sides as human beings. Amidst our ability to hurt one another and break apart, these voices of wisdom seek to reintegrate and heal fracture, to find goodness in the wake of injustice and trauma, suffering, our vices. Table Audio is all about the project of identifying people who represent theoretical and practical wisdom, egging someone on to venture out and share their wisdom, to hear their voices speak into the cavernous and sometimes deafening silence of our own perplexity or our insulated and safe certitude, to hear the voice of the other call back to us instead of just hearing our own echo, and to request of them just to wonder together, to hear of someone's life experience, someone's knowledge, someone's doubts, hopes and fears, failures, and their loves. Hopefully, in so doing, to get a little bit closer to them and a little bit closer to wisdom. In the end, we all ought to get back to the childlike love of wonder. And this is, I think, what is happening when a child pulls you into their Y tractor beam. It's an invitation to think together, to seek play and rest and hard work through big questions and big answers around a table of inquiry and connection, to find friendship around a love of creativity and steadfast curiosity and a calling, a mutual calling to wisdom. So that's what we're pursuing in this podcast. It's an invitation to wisdom for life's way grounded in the Christian intellectual tradition of wonder, humility, open-mindedness, and knowledge for love's sake. And now, just to whet your appetite a bit, here are a few clips from interviews you'll be hearing soon. But for now, I'll leave just who these lovely folks are a bit of a mystery. What I'm writing about and seeing is not, um, it's not just there for the Mandelas and the Kings and the Mother Teresas of this world, right? It's not just for Dorothy Day. So I started to think about this, started to use this language of the spiritual genius of the everyday, that the raw materials of wisdom are in the stories of our lives, the raw materials of our lives. You know, these spiritual geniuses are everywhere. They're not just the, you know, the great lives of the ages, which by the way... Well, but my experience has been so many people have ex- have had all of these experiences that have produced this fire hose of experience and trauma and emotion and joy and revenge and regret and and wisdom 
And the wisdom after wisdom allows it to all come up. Um, and we need that. We need teaching in the wisdom after wisdom, as well as, of course, regular old school. Here's how I change a tire wisdom. Because when I came out of the execution chamber in Louisiana and watched a man who, had, who was guilty with his brother of a terrible crime and watched this man I'd known for two years walked across a room, strapped down, killed in front of my eyes, coming out of that chamber in the middle of the night. And I vomited. Mm. And I remember thinking very clearly to myself, the people are never ever going to see this close up. They're going to hear about it. They're going to hear about the crime. They're going to say justice was done. But I've been a witness, so I've got to tell the story and bring Mm -hmm. people close. Memory is central to forgiveness because uh, forgiveness concerns the past. And the only way in which the past is accessible uh, to us is uh, through memory. The way in which past bears upon our lives is in a significant degree, it bears upon us through our memory. And so uh, the way in which we remember um, wrongdoing uh, suffered will be decisive for whether we are able to forgive or whether we are, uh, whether we will uh, seek something like uh, like revenge. Yeah, well, if you look at history, what's happening right now isn't new. It's um, it's what always happens when people are when there's a when there are scarce resources, and we're in a time of scarce resources, or at least perceived scarce resources. So, um, realistic conflict theory and social psychology talks all about this when we feel like. Um, we're competing over scarce resources with other people, we turn hostile really quickly. I I think we ought to own our grief. If I put it like this, if Eric was worth loving when he was alive, then he's worth grieving over when dead. Why would he he not be? And why would I want to stifle my grief? What would would be the point? But especially of men in American culture, it's expected that we be strong. So we had been studying forgiveness uh, scientifically about six years and um, uh, we're starting to uh, do quite a number of studies on it. In 1996, my mother was murdered. And I thought, whose heart is darker? You know, this young man who's reacting out of impulse or this Christian psychologist who's reacting out of just uh, hate. Boredom, you know, we do so many things to escape boredom. And um, I think the early monks would tell us, hey, just face it head on. That's the only way you can deal with it. Video games, television, all kinds of things, you know, overuse of the Internet. I mean, and I think human beings are good at at finding almost any way to escape their responsibilities, their true selves, uh, the fear of being alone. What does love have to do with knowledge? With regard to abstractions, almost nothing. With regard to things like rocks or galaxies, a little. With regard to people, everything. Only if you love somebody do you really know them. This is why God is so wise, because he loves. Love opens the eye, the eye of the heart, the deepest eye. Thanks for listening. That's it for now, but we'll have more for you in the very near future.
Table Audio is hosted by me, Evan Rosa, and is produced by the Biola University Center for Christian Thought, which is supported by generous grants from the John Templeton Foundation, Templeton Religion Trust, and the Blankenmeyer Foundation, along with people like you who care about seeking Christian wisdom for life's big questions. Theme music is by The Brilliance. Special help in this episode from Nan, Lux, and Ben, three grand inquisitors who happen to live in my home. To subscribe to The Table Audio, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found. Just search The Table Audio. And if you like what we're up to and want to support us or help others get connected to what we're doing, please give us a rating in Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment. You can follow me on Twitter at Evan Sub Rosa, and you can follow the Center for Christian Thought at Biola CCT or visit cct.biola.edu. Why does my dad have beard? <laughs>